and welcome back to the Sunland Review Show. I don't really enjoy doing defeat reactions. I absolutely love doing reactions when we've won. I can deal with doing reaction draws, but Jesus, I absolutely hate doing nil-nil reaction draws. So uh, strap yourself in because this might be a car crash. And that guy the other week who said we would do even after a 5 nil win. Prepare yourself, son. Ross um, and Dave, you're the only two people that can probably save us here. So first and foremost, Ross, how are you, mate? I'm good, and uh, just a big fuck you to everyone who says only come on for the wins. I've come on for a nil-nil draw. You know, that's the that's a purist in me coming out. I'm here. I wouldn't have bothered me. I just have to be on here because I pretend to host it and my name's in the title. And, um, Dave, how are you, mate? You okay? You're here. You know, trusted that you'd be here and trusted that we wouldn't win because you were, so... <laughs> Man, I'm absolutely buzzing. Best nil-nil draw of my life. I mean, you know, that person who says we're dull after a 5-0 win, Honestly, roller coaster of emotions tonight. Nil nil, absolutely fantastic. Bring on the next game. Going to go with dead zany tonight. I've got the, uh, I've got the. <laughs> what have I got? Hang on, Tennessee honey, finely crafted Jack Daniels. To be honest with you, um, I could have sank some absinthe after that. Actually, I'm that frustrated. But we'll get into it. I'm sure. I don't want. To, I don't want to be negative. Don't want to be negative. We didn't. We didn't lose. Um, look. Ross, not quite as frustrating as Blackpool at home under Steve Bruce, but very much in the same vein for those of you who were there when we had 105 shots um, and about 40 of them on target, I think, that day. But um, it did make me want to put my head through a door uh, today, if I'm honest with you. It's like one of the most frustrating games I've come across. We're five hours afterwards. I'm, I can chuckle a bit, but how are you feeling? Yeah, like I think there's some positives to take from the game. Like I think... Ironically, 11 v 11, we were so much better than what we were, 11 v 10. Um, we had plenty of chances. We've hit the woodwork twice. Their keepers pulled off two brilliant saves in my eyes. And yeah, some things like, you know, like I say we'll get into them, I'm sure, like the subs, etc. But yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm quite middle. I think the next result will depend on how we react to this. The Birmingham result will will be key to how we look back at this point on the road. Obviously, the mitigating circumstances against 10 men, or if you don't beat 10 men, everyone's like, oh, pathetic, you know, and that's just standard. But sometimes I think, especially the way we play, we play better against teams who come out at us. And when they went out to 10 men and went on that low block, I was like, it's going to be tough. But we did create chances, not enough chances, but we did create some and yeah, overall, I'm just a bit meh. Not not too devastated, but obviously I'm not happy. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. It's just it's frustrating, isn't it? It's like you, they go down to 10 men. And look, I don't think it was a second yellow, if I'm completely honest with you. But um, and, I, and I want to mention that because we I soon complain about it when referees decisions affect us and I know some people said it was a definite uh, second yellow for me I'd be absolutely do my nut in if that was us um, although saying that if we're talking about consistency I suppose it should have been a straight red considering you, if you speak to a referee and ask about a decision or claim something's a foul he gets sent off these days I don't know what refereeing is anymore that's as far as I'm going to go with this I don't think it was a red but you've got to take advantage of the fact that they went down to 10 players it seems like teams when we go down to 10 players can take advantage of it and quite handsomely and yet today we couldn't and that's the most frustrating thing um but dave like i'm, I'm probably sounding dead negative um jack daniels might be the depressive in me but i don't know uh dave how are you, are you feeling all right you feeling a bit better 
it's it's a word it's a word I've used many a time when Sunderland have either lost a game or over in this instance through Ross Stewart. Just <laughs> that's two words mate <laughs> that's, that's two words I'm, I'm, I'm not going there I'll, I'll get absolutely slated on the socials um, frustrated is a word now if I if I wanted to expand on the frustration I probably could mention mm. certain other people um, but I, I said it to you guys earlier I, it frustrates me that and I'm sure Ross is going to come on to it because Mowbray's substitutions at times are a little bit interesting, to say the least. But on top of that, the the lack of the, the lack of wanting to change the way we play is mad. And I know Brad mentioned it earlier. Bless him, he's not here. Um, but he mentioned he's not dead for the listeners, by the way. He's alive. <laughs> like he's just at work. <laughs> um. Brad, Brad mentions like we we're so focused on the way that we play, and for me that the, the glaring obvious thing for me was like why didn't we once we brought Hamir on, go Roberts on the left and Clark on the right and let them hit the byline and then just pop it out to the full backs if you couldn't get a decent cross in, because for me Sirkin delivers a great ball and Tri Hume delivers a great ball as well. And Hamia is a big lad. So that was frustrating for me. Even if we try it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if it doesn't work, go back to the inverted winger and try and slot the ball through the fullback and centre half as we always do. But the, the chance, I think the frustration for me was, and Ross is right, the keeper did make a couple of good saves, but out of them 22, 23 shots, so many of them from outside the box, so many of them are, it's, yeah. Frustrated, frustrated, but I totally agree. That first half an hour was unbelievable. Like Swansea didn't know how to deal with our press. We were carving them open through the middle, through the sides. Yeah, and I said in the group, didn't I? I said if we didn't, if we didn't score when we were all that much on top, it was going to be a frustrating day. And yeah, I think Ross is right again. The the sending off has made them go into a shell, made them even more negative. And we do know that we struggle against that sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think we really struggle against a low block. And I do think, I don't think we're going to get automatic promotion. Like, I, I, I don't want to put it down. No, I don't think we are. And that's not because of today's result. I just think, like, Ipswich don't look like they're going to hit a purple patch unless they have, like, a ridiculous squad. And then you've got leads after that if anyone's going to catch them. So I just don't think it's going to be the case, but I think playoffs as well within reach. So you get in the playoffs and you want to be able to win it. And I think we need to find like not I like I really like the way we play. It's like lovely football and it works often. But I think there's times like today when you maybe just need to change it. And like you said, Dave, even if it's just switching the, the wingers around and getting the balls in to Hamir and stuff like that and trying getting like not going route one, but just changing up a little bit. Um and, and the concern for me maybe a little bit. Um, I'm not advocating Mowbray to be sacked in any way, shapes as a form. I'm a big fan, but I'd like to see Tony Mowbray be able to like proactively change what was what's going on on the pitch, be that the style of play or 
you know, a good substitution. He's, we'll get on to other substitutions, but like they didn't really sit right with me today. Um, he's persisted with Burstow for about what seven, eight games, and then he didn't bring him on today. He's, he's gone with Hamira a little bit instead, and he took Rusin off when he was probably looking quite dangerous and, and whatnot. But anyway, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole a bit here, Ross. Um, we don't like to overreact and underreact, but it's really hard to not do that because we're fans at the end of the day. Um, and often you do overreact and underreact. It's just kind of the way the way of a football fan and it's your weekly routine almost. But dropping points like this, when it comes to like promotion and it comes to getting in the playoffs with things being so tight, how much could dropping points like today bite us in the arse of it? Yeah, in the long run, I think we will look back at it as points dropped. But again, do you get these games, you know, where it's the championship? I know it's very cliche, but they've dug in. I think, obviously, listen to the preview podcast. They were they were, they were were on a bit of a good run. They'd had an upturn in form. And it, it, it was ironic that he said that they'd finally sorted the defence out. Well, they did the day, that's for sure, because they, <laughs> they defended quite well, especially off the ball. Um. Yeah, we might look back at it and go, oh, "That was that was this. That was the point." Then were the two points that we missed out on the playoffs on. But again, it's it is the shortcomings of this side when a plan A doesn't work. Is basically what we're getting at. Is the, the alternative? We're not saying like rip up the way we play. You know, could play good football. We're not saying don't do everything that's been doing good. But you got to have variation. We're a predictable side to play against, and if you. If, if, if we're predictable enough where you can stop planning how we do it normally, then it becomes a bit of a breeze. And I feel like it's not just Mowbray, the players on the pitch don't seem to take initiative at times. Like we 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 needed someone today to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and just take control of it, whether that be out wide, up front, in the middle. And nobody did it. It was just too nice. It was too easy. It was just passive. And whether it be a formation change, a change in the way we approach approach a player in possession, out of possession. I just feel like that plan B is not there for when plan A doesn't work. Plan A works, brilliant. Nine times out of ten, it's fantastic. But that 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 when it doesn't work, we we need to have the alternative. And I feel like today, whether it be substitutes, formations, personnel, whatever, we could we could be playing now and we still wouldn't have scored. I felt like it was just one of them days. I think I looked at like 73rd minute and I was like, nah, not happening today. And I think it was the an O'Neill chance where it's it's probably going in and it takes a deflection to direct it to make it look like it's going in even further and the keeper still gets to it. And like, look, it's a good reaction save, but I think it's part luck as well, to be honest with you. I think it's part luck. Um, one big positive of today, Dave, and I think one one big positive just in general is Pato. I, I I don't think we mention him enough, to be honest with you. There's some people that still don't really rate Pato. For me, expert at penalty saving, and I honestly think he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league. I think he could play in the Premier League, no bother. Uh, I've got absolutely no qualms with Pato whatsoever, but doesn't always get the praise he deserves, does he, Dave? Yeah, and to be fair, without being horrible, if Jason Steele can play in the Premier League, then I'd imagine Patterson can. I think I can, um, to be fair, if Jason Steele can. Don't watch the documentary, Jason. We're sorry. We love you. Lovely um, lad. Lovely lad. Um, yeah, Patterson. Yeah, um, really. 
really impressed with him. He, he's definitely grown in stature every every game he plays. It's it's that there's no substitute for experiences there, and he's obviously getting that more and more. Um, and probably he's probably one of the ones that I'm up there worried about if we don't have a decent build at the um, at the playoffs. Who who I'd be worried about losing, possibly for. Uh, like a you know that kind of mid-table Premier League club, um, and I think I think he's definitely up there. I think obviously we know Jack Clark's probably going to be subject to something. Um, but I just think he becomes more and more assured. I, I will I will slate Jamal Lowe because it was a terrible penalty. It was the perfect height for him, and but considering the amount of. Uh, Disco dancing he did before he actually got to the ball. Pato held his nerve really well, and uh, yeah, yeah, he just gets he just gets better and better for me all the time. Save some right for the Czech trade trophy. If we're still angry about that, I mean, I'm not. I couldn't care less. I wasn't even angry on day to be honest. But let's pretend there was. Grr, Jamal Lowe, you deserve that. Can I just mention that that's the Bristol Street Motors trophy now? Thank you very much. What? The Bristol Street Motors. Can I be honest with you? Oh, I- as much as I'm annoyed about the result today, I could never do League One again. Just stupid stuff like that. Like, what if Bristol Rovers win the Bristol Street Car Motor Checker Trade, whatever it's called these days, Pizza Trophy? It was better as the Papa John's. I think that was good. It was like it, the Papa John's for me. I'm going off on a tangent here, but being called the Papa John's Trophy kind of give it the respect that it deserves. <laughs> That made sense. Crap name for a relatively crap trophy, which then the day we won it because we were in lockdown, it felt really good. You can tell it's been a nil-nil draw when we're talking about the pizza trophy. Oh, jeez. Oh, you can tell I'm on Jack Daniels one either. You can tell Brad's not on to keep things sane, which I never thought would say in my life, but there you go. Um, one win in five, Ross. It's not the greatest of reading. Mm. Football's apparently all about stats these days. But you could argue we, we played the best football we've played all season. Um, sort of in the first 45 minutes, maybe. But we didn't win. Um, sometimes to say, you know, when you, you win games, and I think, you know, when Leicester beat us 1-0 the other week, they were kind of talking about how maybe they weren't the better side or they maybe shouldn't have won and how it was games like that that was going to help them get promotion. I think the cliche is when you're not playing well and winning games, that's the side the the sign of champions. We're playing well and not really winning, apart from last week, even against ten men today. Mm, bit of a concern. I don't want to overplay it too much because I know we played some good teams in that, and I mentioned one of the games in there was Leicester, but it's worth it's worth raising in it. Yeah, but I think last week we said that every other result had a bit of game circumstances, so. <clears throat> the irony is we said the red card, but it wasn't just the red card, it was the position of the player for me. It was when obviously we mentioned we're going way back, Neil Wadden was centre midfielders. Huggins had already went off at left back, it was just a mess. Um Joel Campbell in the lead up a point. Leicester, best team in the league. So today was just really frustrating, you know, like uh, it, it just it just got to a point where like we mentioned it previously, where we were too predictable. They were set up in such a rigid where that we needed something different to break them down, or of course a bit of luck with the chances we had. And if one of them chances go in, and I, and I, it's obviously 
people will be listening to this game, well, obviously, but it is very like close, you know, like one of them chances go in and everyone's like, oh yeah, a fantastic result on the road. But uh, yeah, it's not as much a concern. I think you take this one in uh, in isolation on its own, but it's just frustrating. I think, like you say, as much as we men- I, might, I mentioned Mowbray's subs were brought up earlier, I think like the players as well, like I think the application today was a bit poor. We lost our heads, the, the yellow cards, which are obviously going to have a massive effect on next week now. A lot of discipline there. Um, it's just, it was just a bit meh. And I feel like that's a, the whole way I'm going to go through this. It's just a bit meh. I think there was, was there was there is concerns that obviously the one win in five, and if we continue that sort of two and ten, then 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 it'll be an issue. But for now, I think it's a bit. Um, yeah, one game at a time, and we've now got a home game coming up with two centre backs who've played every game for us. Not going to be there. That's going to be the next challenge. I like how I like what you said there. I think one win and five is okay-ish, especially considering we've played well. I think if it continues and it's two and ten, then it doesn't matter how well we've played or not. I think that's a, a real valid point. I was sort of debating how to introduce Brad into this part. I was tempted just to ask him a question and see if anyone noticed, but I thought. It might sway people off the actual point of the entire thing. But Brad, you have joined us. I don't know if you're drunk or not, mate. But um are you drunk or are you just been back from work? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm a little bit drunk, but I thought working away does for you. Um I just asked if I if I could quickly pop on, really. I don't know what you just said before, what you'll say after. But I just think a lot of the criticism today on Tony Mowbray is a little bit unwarranted. I think for what he's done so far has been really good. He might get one or two decisions incorrect, but look, I, I think this team's became accustomed to playing with without a striker. And today, we've had 22 chances on goal and hit the target three times. That ain't on Tony Mowbray for me. Um, but yeah, you know what I think of Tony Mowbray, Graham. It, it just annoys me the, the amount of shit that I think he's been getting over the last couple of days. Um, and I've seen the extended highlights today. Obviously, I was at work. You guys know I work away. seen the extended highlights. And I think with a better... We've hit the bar three times or two times. It's, it's, it's just a little bit annoying more than anything. But I think the criticism of Mowbray needs to calm down a little bit. Have you only come on and say that? Yeah, and I hate the mags. <laughs> well, yeah, I wait. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you with this one because, well, it's mentioning strikers. Um, look, we often lamented having no striker last season, but from Ross Stewart, sorry, being injured last January and playing solely with uh, Joffy up front, the only game we didn't score in in the league from the 4th of February till the 6th of May was against Burnley away on Friday night. I'm not going to attack Rusin because he hasn't really played much. Um, but the fact is, we've signed Rusin, Hamir and Burstow up here up front. None of them have scored. If I'm completely honest with you, none of them have really looked like scoring outside of one or two chances for Hamir that he fluffed a few weeks back. Um, they're all kids. That doesn't mean it can't change. 
but there's been five games this season where we've played with a striker and not scored, which is in vast contrast to last year. Um, and Clark, he's chipped in with even more than he did last year, than you know, this season. Is it time to be concerned that our strikers just aren't really scoring goals or is there still time for that to completely turn on its head, especially with, you know, the likes of Rusin at 20 being two games? Yeah, I, th- I think if, I, th- I think that kind of reiterates what Brad said, to be fair. And I, do, I do agree with certain points that he's made. Um, <laughs> I suppose in some way it's, it's quite... Um, it shows you the level that, and people are going to hate me for droning on about it, and it's your fault because you've deliberately planted it. No, but, like, like it, people will hate some things that we say on here, and like we're not here to be popular. I'm not here for subscribers. I'm not here for listeners. Like I'm here to just give my opinion because I love Sunderland, and if people don't like that, and if people love that, I'm kind of happy in equal measure. My my opinion is the same as yours, Dave. We don't have a centre forward, and it's going to cause a problem because I know what you're going to say. Like, but that. I, I, I make no excuses for passionately feeling about that because I care about something. And if people don't like us droning on about that, that's completely fine. I'm not going to change my opinion about it because I'm not going to stop caring about Sunderland and I'm going to... Who's forever? <laughs> it's, yeah, Royston had a chance today, um, kind of from the from the left as we looked at it went to bend in the far corner. He's he's made all the right moves. It was a shocking finish, but he was clean through on goal. He's got to hit the target, and I'm sure Mowbray will pick up on that as well. Um, I think it shows you just how good Ross Stewart was, and, and that's why we miss it. That's why we miss it. We have done brilliantly to get £10 million from him. I totally agree. That's absolutely fine. But I said it before, I said it when there was rumours of him leaving. I said it when we knew that he was leaving. He is a very, 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 very good striker and he will play Premier League football and I've got no doubt about it and we are less effective without him. It's as simple as that. Do you know Do you know one thing, right? If you take him out of the equation completely, right? I just don't think we've replaced with a good enough striker. Like... I think the deal itself makes a lot of sense, but I just worry a little bit. Like, Rusin's very different, and I've seen some things in Rusin that I quite like, I'm not going to lie, and I'm definitely not going to, like, um, write him off at this point. Neither am I going to do that with Burster or Hamir because they're both 12 years old. Um, but you miss you miss so much by not having, like, a 25, 26, 27-year-old striker that can do certain things. And I know Speakman said that, you can't effectively you can't just find a striker that's going to score loads of goals. Um, if you can't find them, I would probably hang on to the one you've got, even if you lose out on cash. But that's just me. Um, but I just I do feel like we're lacking something about a top, and I think I think it's all good and fine. Mowbray letting these players express themselves. I agree with it. I like it, but I do feel like where Mowbray's probably becoming a bit unstuck, and I don't know if it's his fault. I probably don't think it is. It's the fact that. If Clarky or Roberts or whoever doesn't express themselves or are mad like it was last season, who puts the ball in the back of the net? Because at the minute it isn't the strikers. Rusin might end up doing it, but like it's a lot to expect of a kid again. Um, who's just come from Ukraine? He's just come from a war torn country, playing in front of no fans into a, a really competitive and good league, and we're expecting him to score 15, 20 goals. 
to get us in the playoffs. I, I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen. And if it doesn't, then you're expecting Clarky to score at a consistent rate he is at the moment. And Clarky's a winger. You can't really always expect it, but maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm going too deep. Um, Ross, we're definitely going to go over the normal half an hour here, so I'm, I'm going to let you have a stab at this one. What's your thoughts? But, um <laughs> it's not just black and white. Like, it's not like just, you know... It's never, black and, it's never black and white, Ross, ever. Exactly. But it's not clear cut, though, is it? Like, it is mitigating factors to everything. But I also think the top and bottom of it is, we played so long without a striker that it's took so it's took time to adapt to play for it to a striker's strengths. And if we put that on the other flip side, the strikers we brought in aren't the ready-made championship striker. So. I, I think Russian will come good. I think he was very unlucky with that chance today. He should have scored, but he did lose his his feet like his feet right at the end. He's he just lost his feet and his foot and sorry. What's feet and feet and foot and you know. It's, it's been a long fucking week. Um but I it's nil nil. We'll have the straight still hasn't scored, but I do I do think that we should persevere with Russian. But I also think that Mowbray probably hasn't like the way he I think with Himera at first I can understand because it was his only one but the burst or treatment and the perseverance of him at the start when it wasn't working and now the totally like ostracizing of him baffles me a bit and I don't know if I don't know if he's had his hat like being told like you've got to stop playing our own players because burst or no one's not doing it or whatnot it could be anything but I, I also think as well what probably doesn't help these lads is they're always up front on their own. We never we ne- today was a we never have two on at the same time. We never mix it up. That's that's my only gripe. Right? Mix it up sometimes when needed. I'm not saying play two up top all the time, but like when when you need a goal, go two up top. When when you <laughs> when it's five minutes to go and you've got an extra man and you're dominating possession, just just mix it up. That's all I want, you know, give these lads a bit more of an opportunity and yeah, it's. I just want. We just need one of them to score a goal, just to take the pressure off. Because the longer this goes, where our striker hasn't scored in this many games, so this many months, it's it becomes a mental block as well, and it affects the whole team because the chances they, they don't give the ball to the striker. We all remember, like, well, I certainly do. I think a few of us will. Dave will. Uh, Brad, you probably do as well. But um, I think we all remember John Stead. And it got to a point where you're like, oh, he just needs a goal. And then like 26 games later, you were like, well, when he scores, it's one in 27 or 28. Like, what? And like, to be fair, steady as a championship striker wasn't too bad. And I know he played for us in the Premier League, but he looked hopeless because he's like, he's, um, he's confident, just got shot. Um, and I, I don't want that to happen. And look, I, I'm, a bit more confident about Rusin. Like one thing I like about Rusin, and we we'll talk about strikers that have qualities that previous strikers have had. I think um, Rusin runs the channels really well, and I said that like last week, and it stretches teams a bit more. And I think on another day, his footing doesn't get lost. Like like you can't you can't control that. Like it just happens sometimes. He goes through and goal, and he, and he bags, and it's his first goal. But um, 
It's just a point I had to bring up because it's been a long time since we've had one of those strikers score a goal. We're now in November. It, uh, I'll be wrong of me to bring it up. But look, we're going to go two parts on this today. Um, we are going to do listeners' questions. So we're going to have a break after this next question, our next couple of questions. But um, we are definitely going to go into it. I wanted to stick with you, Ross, on this one. Um, I'm a big O'Neill fan, but he appears to be quite a big talking point on Twitter. I've said a lot of the time, Twitter is not a barometer for anything, I don't think. Um, social media just isn't for for life in general. He gave away a really stupid penalty today. Um, but I'm not entirely sure I understand people's frustrations at O'Neill because he took a crap free kick and gave a penalty away. Um, I think he's had a, a good season. I think he's played quite well. He'd be in my team most weeks. Um but I can sort of understand just for balance people's frustration with him underperforming over the past few weeks. What are your thoughts on, on Luke Nine? I know we're gonna to have to do that next week, and that's gonna be the next question. But like there seems to be people that just like really are not sure on him. Um where I think, if I'm honest with you, I, I wouldn't point today at him at all. Yeah. Um I think he had a bit of a stink of the day, to be honest. I think he was helped by the fact we were against ten men. But that the giving the penalty away from set piece to me has been coming because he it has to be fair. To be fair, it really it really has, yeah. Yeah. Um we we've been caught grabbing from corners, not just him, like the whole bat line. We've been doing it and finally a referee's give it, and I'm like, well, fair enough. Um the three the free kick thing really I'm baffling, like like I'm sorry, but knee centre half should be taking a free kick. Didn't he, didn't he do it like a few years ago in League One? And we Lee were like, Johnson, yeah. Never do that yeah. again. Yeah, and he's done it now in the Championship. Like, fucking, it was bad enough in League One, leave it there. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I love him. Aye. <clears throat> but course. I don't think he's a free kick specialist. No. Also, as well, like, I don't know. I think he, it's easy at times to point the blame on him. I think he does some things good. I think he does things at times where. I just feel like he just does things that baffle me, like the pulling of shirts, the like the yellow card a day so unnecessary, knowing that Ballard had already been booked. Like it just, you know, streetwise. I think maybe we're like a bit of that. We're a bit bit naive. I think he is at times as a defender, but again, I feel like he's had a better better games than bad games. But it'll be interesting to see if Sealed who. I believe will come in if he has a good game next week. Do we then go with Ballard and Sealed to centre backs by trade from start? Let's be honest, Sealed hasn't been brought here not to play. He's been brought in here to become a first team playoff Sullen, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Just before I go on this one before the half time break, I think if Sealed comes in and has a good game. Mowbray will revert to a back three, which is his favourite system before he took over at the club. Because I think he fancies sealed, but he can't break up the O nine and Ballard partnership. So I think if Sealed has a good game next week, I think he will revert to a back three and put them three in there. To be fair, I think the fact that Tony Mowbray fancies sealed should be our biggest sort of issue. There's a big age gap there. I don't think it's going to work. Um, especially not in the, in the team together, Brad. Um, I've had too much Jack Daniels. I'm going to stop. But Dave. That, is a, that is a quick point. Sorry, that is a good point by Brad there about the three at the back because we did do it a bit last season. Okay, without a striker, we, we played a modified version of a back three. Um, 
but it did it did free up the likes of Clark and Roberts and if Russian Russians are now and out number nine. So it wasn't can, just that Ross. It, was, it wasn't just that Ross. I think we've seen the best of the likes of Alice Sims when he was up front with someone else. So I think Mowbray might say this is his chance to maybe get two strikers on and see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely. I see, we we, we spoke before about mixing things up and getting more players on the pitch in forward areas. And again, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Even if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least try it. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is at the minute. The plan A sometimes doesn't work, and so if the plan B is given a go. You know what's the worst that can happen if plan A is not working? At least try something different, and you never know it might work. He's not going to get a better chance to do it when he's forced that his two best centre halves are out. He's not going to get a better chance to change it. So if it works on Saturday before the international break, then we stick with it. In my opinion, anyway. Um, we're going to go to a break and go through some uh, listeners' questions because I've actually really enjoyed doing that. Um, thanks for sending them in. It's actually been good fun to read them. Um, but before we go, I, my, my thought process is, is, is this. Um, I think next week there's a few people going, oh, who, who's going to play at the back? Is it going to be Nectar and, and, and Sealed? From what I've seen of Seal, he's he's torn a caravan a little bit. Um, so his pace is not perfect. I would have no qualms going over back three, as you've said before, with Hume on the right hand side of it. Uh Cirkin on the left hand side of it, who I think plays really well on the left hand side of a back three. And then Seal in the middle of it. Um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sort of shoot and come in the next part. I, I think Brad might pop in, he might not pop in, he just he showed up when he wants now. Bradley Sharp, he talks when he wants. Um, I'm never doing that again, but uh, I see you after the break. Thanks very much. So back for the, the second part, because uh, look, who would have thought at the start of this, we've won games like 5 0. We won 3 1 last week, and yet it's a 0 0 draw that's getting the extended edition. I'm not entirely sure that's been the case. Uh, probably because I've had Jack Daniels and I'm talking a load of rubbish. But um, we'll go through some listeners' questions. I've like, like I say, I've really enjoyed doing it. Um, it's been good fun. It's like nice to see other people's thoughts and opinions on the club and maybe us answering it. But um, I'm going to go with you, Dave, first because. The fact that Brad came on a bit drunk and decided to say I hate the mags and I love Tony Mowbray meant that uh, your questions were stolen a little bit. But um, first question here is from from Dominic. Uh, should Robert still be in the team? He said no goals and no assists for a reason. I did mention he had one assist, but I think I, I see his point. But Robert's in the team. Thoughts? I was I was frustrated with Patrick Lydia. Um, but I was probably frustrated with quite a lot of them. Uh, I just thought it was he was unlucky that the keeper pulled off a great save. To be fair, he reversed it quite well, and it was a it was a good good attempt. Um, and I think on another day, probably scores in the back of the net. Uh, there was times today he was just he just held on to it one touch too many, or didn't quite have the delivery, or get his shot away as he should have. Still love him. I, I understand if you'd want to maybe give him a give him a break and freshen it up a little bit. That could be said for a few players. But again, I find it hard to be too tough on them because 
11 v 11, that first half hour, I thought we looked very good. Job looked fantastic and then kind of faded a little bit. And I suppose that just comes down to the fact that those spaces that were naturally there, 11 v 11, kind of got closed up a bit. So I think either way with Patrick Roberts, I think even if he came off the bench for the last half an hour, he will always give you a chance. And that's probably why Mowbray loves him. Um, that's why we certainly love him. Bit of a bit of a crisis in confidence, perhaps, um, but I'm sure it'll come good. Hopefully, it's just one of them. Like like Ross says, one win in five isn't perfect, obviously, but it isn't. Um, it it isn't the end of the world. Let's hope that next week we go and tonk Birmingham five nil, and we we'll just forget about this chat that we've had for the last however long. To be fair. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think like there's been times when I think we spoke about after the I think it was a Leicester game, um, or after actually it was after the Stoke game when we kind of resigned ourselves to potentially maybe getting beat at Leicester, which we did. We said like the team tends to respond even when the form's not great, and we did against Norwich. We were really good last week. We were obviously buzzing last week, and I'm far from damn beat, but I think. My my biggest worry with Roberts is that when I look at someone who I don't think is as good a player or the finished article um, in Abdullah Bar, and I look at Roberts and I look at the stats, which is all that really matters in attacking players is goals and assists. I don't buy this whole assist and assist thing, like goals and assists, <laughs> the old school way. I don't like XG. I don't like assist and assists. Like you get assists as a winger or a centre forward and you get goals as a winger and a forward. And Abdullah Bar's got three goal contributions, two in the back of the net, one assist in the same amount of games as Roberts. And if you ask me who I'd rather have on the team on paper, normally Roberts, but like there is an argument to say Abdullah Bar's got a bit more end product at the minute. And I think I don't like saying this because I love Patrick Roberts. Um but I'd maybe take him out of the team. I think I think we need a bit more end product at the minute. And I think he's been unlucky in a couple of games. The Borough game, he was unlucky. He was really unlucky today. He did get an assist last week. So people might think I'm being a bit harsh, but we'll just need more end product at the minute. He had plenty last year. I think got five goals, seven assists. I'd be more than happy with that this season. I think that's pretty good in the championship, to be fair. He could maybe do more, but I think, you know, that's pretty solid, pretty decent. But I just think we need more from him. And, and it pains me to say that, but I, I really, really think we do. But um, Ross, I'll give you the next one. Uh, let's have a look. I'm just looking to see. Uh... This is probably quite a good question um, because I don't want to judge him yet. And I think he was amazing as a pretty little baby during the week in Halloween. Um, but... What's the point in Dak being in the matchday squad? He doesn't look close to match fit. Would prefer to get Benetti in there, someone direct like him when our passing game isn't working. That is from SR7, no name. What, what do you think, Ross? Actually, I, I kind of agree with that, to be honest. Um, Dak's a weird one, you know, because he first came in the side and he was terrible. Then he got a run and he was brilliant, like the Southampton game. Before he got injured, he was fantastic. He got a goal. He's pressed. He, he looked fit. He was linking up really well with Clark and Job and Barr, and he looked really good. Um, got this injury, came back, 
has unlocked himself. But even today, that was a brilliant block by their defender. He had a great chance, and it, that defender, it was like a really good block that he poured himself in. So I know it's a bit, but some maybes. But I think Dak is a goal threat when he's on it, but when he's not on it, he does just look like he wastes of space. Um, but even now, like I'm sure he still scored one more goal and had one more system Pritchard, if I'm correct. So one about stats or Roberts, we've got to treat Pritch and Dak the same way. Dak, Dak, what doesn't help him is I think appearance wise, he does look overweight. So if he has a bad game, everybody goes, "Oh look, he's overweight. He doesn't care. He's crap." Where it's funny you say. It's funny you say that. One of the questions was, if he's serious about the Southern career, he needs a shave and a haircut and a stone off and weight. I'm going to be honest with you. If I look like Bradley Dak, no issues. I'm quite happy. Right. He's, good. he's a good-looking boy. However, he's got Chris Maguireisms. Yeah, I agree to an extent. Uh, um, but if he's performing, you don't really care. Like everybody, Andy, Andy Reid, the example, when he was shite, oh, it's because he's fat. He doesn't care when he was when he was do, when he was scoring goals in the, in the Premier League. Oh, he can be as fat as he wants as long as he's doing it. It's like he's not. Let's be honest. If he was just that overweight, he wouldn't be playing for Sunderland. <laughs> let's get that straight. He he looks more overweight. He probably is more overweight than the rest of the squad. But I think there's a player in there with Dak, and he's proved that with performances against Rotherham and Southampton at home this season. So we just need to. He needs to. The team needs to. Whatever. Find that formula again where it was working for him. Um, but again, he's only getting five minutes, ten minutes off the bench, fifteen minutes of push. You know, it's whether he gets a consistent run. I think there, let's like see, there's definitely a player there in Dak. The better question's weird. I watched. Um, I wanted like to watch part of it. I like you. Like, like I, I, I do, but he's to me, he's like, he's a bit of a headless chicken, isn't he? In the nicest way possible. Like that's why. That's why he is. But I think that's why sometimes he does things and it's so good because. If he doesn't know what he's doing next, how the fuck's a defender meant to know? Those I think against Southampton were the best in the Premier League season. Like, but then for the under twenty ones, he's so inconsistent still. Yeah. Um, and he does things, and you're like, oh, brilliant! Look, step step above. But I think they're doing right with him, and even Triantis. You know, the Triantis has meant to came on loads for the under twenty ones lately defensively. So. But yeah, but like you say, Rig wasn't even the other day. He's away at the World Cup, which is a shame, but obviously kind of standing in the, the lad's way representing the country. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, to me, I'd rather have Adil on than Dak or yeah. Richard. That's the way I'd think of that. It's a shame because he started just getting his groove and then again he picked up this injury. That's one thing I'm going to go on a caveat, mind. The amount of injuries we're getting, something's got to be looked at. The muscle injuries we're getting. So we've got a state-of-the-art academy. We've got a huge sports science team. It it, it seriously needs to be raised because I've never known a team in a club since I'd say since getting in the championship to have this many niggly muscle injuries. So there's got to be something else, especially when these players, a lot of them, have like just just get they get games and then all of a sudden they're down again. Like you know, it's it's ridiculous. It just seems to be us. And I know we went on a bit of a tangent from the original question, but <sighs> it's all in because again, Dak was doing well and then he got injured. Okay, I, Dak's got injury problems, but it's these little niggly injuries that are starting to really piss me off. 
No, I do agree. It seems like there's like Equa had a dead leg, and there was one point on this show where we asked if his leg was actually dead, like as in kind of rigor mortis, because he'd gone like beyond the 10 days. Um, and like, I think if you listen back to the Southampton game, I'm sure one of the points we came on to was the fact that like Dak showed what he, what kind of qualities had. But hey, look, I didn't really mention it at the time because I didn't think it was necessarily that fair to do it because I think he'd only. He'd been out for about a month or something, not three weeks, but he came on against Stoke and it was like one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life. Like, there was two-yard balls that he just couldn't reach. And I was like, well, and look, I actually don't think he's like overweight. I think he's, I've looked at him, he's, he's really skinny. Um, but maybe that's me looking at my own stomach and then looking at his and deciding that he's in a bit of a better shape. But I just, I don't know. Like, he, he looks like a completely different player, the player that played against Southampton. And... I don't know. I said Chris Maguireisms before. I I love Chris Maguire, but like the level we were at, you've got to be honest and say he's playing for Eastleigh now. So, and I I kind of feel like both of those sort of players at different levels are sort of nearly men. Like Bradley Dack is Bradley Dack another Lee Tomlin? Do you know what I mean? Like not really fit, not really ever gets a good run of form for ages, but when he's on it, he's the best player on the pitch. And I just feel, I feel every time a deal has come on, our French Dave, as I like to call him, he's done really well. And I, I know he's just come back from injury, but I was a bit unsure of why that came on ahead of him today. But, you know, we also sometimes say we want more experience on the pitch, so maybe I'm not easy pleased. But um, Dave, I'll, I'll give you the next one. Um, Oh, I'm not asking that one. That's actually too hard. Um, what have we got? I'm rather excited to see Sealed and Triantis get a game against Birmingham. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think we're going to see Triantis, to be honest. So we'll we'll go with Sealed. We've kind of touched on it a bit in part one, but more kind of how do we patch the team up because of these suspensions. But I'm actually, I think Sealed might be all right. Yeah. We've got to do what we've got to do. I think I think it probably will be a back three because you you look at some form of you look at some form of experience in there and and obviously Hume's done it quite a bit last last year. Um so I think it probably will be and sealed will probably be the middle of that three. He's got to have a chance, hasn't he? He's he, he's got to get the ex, the necessary experience eventually, um, and and that's what he's in the squad for. For situations like this, he might not be quite ready for it, but you just challenge him and you you see where he's at. We'll know more after we see him, um, and and fingers crossed, he comes out on the top side of it and, and does does all. Um. Ross, I'll give you the the next one. I think it's quite good. It's been so a lot. Of, I think I asked too early for questions because there's a lot of people just asking things like, "Would you play our striker in a Sunday league game?" Yes, um, that's that one covered. But um, this is quite a good one from Callum. Does Mowbray actually know how to change things up and bring strikers into the game, or is it time for fresh ideas with a different coach? For me. I don't want to discuss Sack Antonio Mowbray. We're not um, facilitating that on this podcast. I don't think any of us are in that boat. But the question from Callum, especially the first part, is probably quite fair, Ross, I think. 
Yeah, we've hit on it a few times tonight about the lack of variations in the way we're set up or the the tempo change or the, I don't know, the, the lack of plan B mainly. Um, I think the problem that Mowbray's now got is no matter which way you look at it, the director of football and the head of recruitment and the owner slash chairman, whatever you want to call them, they're all pretty aligned. And the striker situation, I think they'll win at because they'll say, look, we've got four strikers in here. We've got a, a lad on loan from an academy who was, was wanted by loads of teams. We've got a lad who scored goals in the in the European League. Um, and we've now got a lad who scored goals in the youth levels in Portugal. And we've got somebody who's one of the highest rated in France. So they're going to say to him, you need to find a way with all the talent you've got in midfield to provide goals. So I think they'll, I think it's very fair to call, to question Mowbray at times. And I know Brad's very def, like on the defensive for him um, because he has done well. He did do really well last season, but we're not at last season now. It's a new season. And if we're being... Realistic, we want minimum playoffs. We're getting forty thousand in the championship, and that crowds now you win out a crowd. But the the size of this club and the trajectory that we've been on, if we don't get the playoffs this year, we've regressed, and we can't be regressing at this point. We need to at least stay where we're at, or go on an upward trajectory. And I f- I feel like no, and nobody wants Mowbray out. But I think there'll be an understanding that if things don't pick up, like you say, the one and five, if it comes two and ten, there'll be a mutual understanding within the fan base and within the club that it's got to improve. And if Mowbray can't improve it, then we'll, we'll be ready to replace him with a coach who's aligned with the director of football, with the head of recruitment, and with this squad to move it forward. Now, I know this is a very boring quite <laughs> philosophical answer but we're I do quite, believe we're, that we're quite important to listen to Ross remember yeah but I feel like if you look at the the list of names that were linked with us when Mowbray was linked to leave at the end of the season which I think keeping him was the right the right idea he deserved the opportunity with what he'd done previously coming in last season and the the, the factors that we dealt with when no centre-backs and no strikers but it also shows that we do have an eye for a coach by the looks of it. And if we can get someone in of that ilk to replace Mowbray, if it doesn't work out, then I'm confident when we do when we do let him go, if he does go, that will be in a good position to move forward. But I think he'll be given time, rightly so. But just as players need to prove themselves and they can't just live on the past, like Roberts, Mowbray's got to do that. And we're at a stage now where It'll, the support will start to wean as the results dip. But the home form is a big one. You've got to keep the home fans on side. That's a hit and miss. Get the home form back on side and you'll have a lot more support from the fan base. But also he's got to, like you say, got to have a plan B and we need to see a bit more variety in the way we play. Uh, I'll 
go with a different question for you, Dave. It's quite an interesting one, I suppose. Um, but someone's asked, is it time to start um, French Dave, Ashish, up front? Not really a forward, but I suppose I understand the idea of trying something different, or do you think stick with Rusin at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> Dave's already like, Ross Stewart. <laughs> um, I reckon... No, I was, I, I was quite impressed with French Dave, the way he started off and not to reiterate the annoying niggly injury chat again. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't play him through the middle personally. Um, but I think at the minute we're just better not playing with a bloody centre forward, if I'm honest. Just sack it off. Just, just play with five midfielders and try and score that way I suppose <laughs> not quite answering it properly what, but would you would you bring a striker in because one of the other questions was do we need to bring a striker in I think they said before January I could be wrong uh, but but the question sort of stands like do we need to bring I certainly I, was from Steve, I, I certainly wouldn't argue against like a, a, a an out and out centre forward like kind of goal poetry type someone um, I don't know who that would be don't get me wrong and of course when you start looking at free transfers you're then taking on someone who needs eight weeks of fitness regime to get them up to speed so if that, but if there was someone out there do you want to know someone who I think we've missed out on and, and probably would have been all right, judging by how he's getting on. Jay Stansfield could have been a, mm. and it's that's just it's hindsight, isn't it? Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I think he could have could have fit in well, and and maybe he's been like a, I can see a Hamia being similar to Stansfield eventually, but obviously he's got turned us down, didn't he? I think because yeah, uh, he wanted to stay close at home, which I know some people had a bit of a go at him about, but I think. Based on his family history, it kind of makes sense. But he's got five and 12, which is, well, we'd kill for that, wouldn't we, from a strike at the minute? Can I jump in, though? You're not having a poacher. Poachers rely on service in the six-yard area and in the box. I don't think we I don't think we get enough balls in the box for a good poacher at the moment. Mm. Again, I think that all it all aligns with how we've played without a striker and how we adapt now. And I, yeah, I guarantee right. you now, though, Roscoe, I guarantee you now, if there's somebody who's been playing at a decent level for the past however many years is asking you to put the ball in the box as a youngster and you don't, it's a lot different to Hamia asking you to put the ball in the box. Definitely, yeah. You And, and, and again, that then goes on to the conversation of experience and dragging people along when they're a little bit more inexperienced. So I think... And like I said, I have no idea. Jay Stansfield wouldn't fit that mould that I've just said. But if there was a, if if there was a someone at like a, a Brighton or at a Leicester, a, a second string centre forward who's been there and done it and and wanted wanted one last dance, I suppose, then I, I think they would demand a little bit more from the from the people around them would be my argument against that. So what you're saying the, is, Dave, sorry, what what you're saying is, whilst the MLS has an off-season 
Billy Sharp should come play for Sunderland. Mate, I've, I, do you want to know something? I probably, I probably wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> I think he's, he, yeah, he's probably the last twenty minute job, isn't he? But, um, yeah, honest, so, someone. How do we look at the strikers? This now, like, no, I just, honestly, to be honest, Connor Wickham's the most attractive version. So I think <laughs> we need to just scrap the idea of getting anyone before January. But I think in January. I mean, you've got you've got time with Rusin. I think for for me, I'd, I'd probably put one with Rusin. But I think if we got to a point where we got a January and still none of the strikers had scored, yeah, I think you've you've kind of got to just dip your hand in and say, look, we need a centre forward. I wonder if Southampton give us Ross Stewart on loan while he gets his yeah. fitness back. <laughs> Here's one for you. I think the way the direction of the club is ran. And if we aren't setting the world alight, we would rather replace the coach to change our striking fortunes than buy another striker in January. Yeah, mm. I could see that. Yeah. There's a bit of there's a bit of controversial comment, but I feel like that. I've, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't have anything against Mowbray, but I just feel like these last few weeks, it just feels like. The alignment of the way the clubs want to do things, the strikers he's brought in, does does he have it in him to change the way he wants to play for the for the benefit of the results? And this is going to be the challenge coming up the next few weeks, and I'm looking forward to seeing them prove us wrong as we get loads of points and our strikers start scoring. That's the aim, isn't it? And I also add just very quickly, without being absolutely horrible or digging anyone out and they've obviously got a bit of a a respectable reputation and they've come back from the absolute shoddiness of League One and being in caretaker charge but I really hope it's not Michael Proctor teaching our centre forwards how to play centre forwards I, I don't mean that to be horrible like he's a lovely lad but I really hope it's not Mickey Proctor teaching them how to play a front you say that, right? But I've seen him score two absolute beauties. I beat any wrong net, but like, he scored two pretty <laughs> good goals. Um, especially the, I think it was the second one. But um, yes, uh, to be fair to to Dodzy and, and Proc, as I believe he's called, they've, they've been part of what's been a really good positive time. But um, I feel like it's been quite a, a negative podcast. Oh no, um, we're going to get. I know you've been. I know you've been cathartic. And realists like we 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 were waxing lyrical about how good we were last week, and it's not that that good things that we did last week haven't gone away, but we don't do it often enough. And when that doesn't work, we just need something else to work. That's yeah. all we're saying, really. That the, we could have literally done the podcast in a minute by saying that, like we're literally grown men talking to each other about football. That like. We just don't need to do it. To be honest with you, I don't even know why anyone bothers. If you're still listening at this point, fair, fair crack. Because um, we, we just summed it up. Ross summed it up right at the end of the podcast there when he could have just done it at the start and you could have just been on your dog walk or your, your car journey or whatever it is that you're doing at the minute. You could have just been like, why has it took them an hour to arrive to the point that we arrived right at the beginning? Um, I really appreciate you listening, but like, get better lifestyle choices. Stop subscribing. Stop listening. <laughs> what the fuck's not the best Sunderland podcast? It's the seventh. Um, I don't even like Ross. I don't mind Dave. Uh, Brad's, he's all right. 
It's not bad. Brad's not still bad not dead. <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> For anyone's listening, Brad is not dead. He's just went away. Um, actually, commented before that he was at work and he came on halfway drunk. So I, I, we don't even know what happens in each other's lives. We're only friends for an hour a week. Um, but I can't be bothered with any more listener questions. I can't be bothered to speak about Sunderland nil, Swansea nil anymore. Lads, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Abrupt as ever. We'll be back with a preview and all that kind of stuff. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, I don't care. Fine. Bye. Hit subscribe. Hit like. Don't do what you want. You know what? Hit dislike. <laughs> Slag us off on the forums. Yes, we're dull. Tell us for crap. Tell, give us a bad review. I don't care. I genuinely don't. <laughs>